Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, so this morning, I really want to welcome, especially our first-time visitors. If you're here, please join us afterwards. We'd really love to connect you to what God is doing in our midst. Amen. And we're continuing uh, our series that we started last week called In Act. And God's plan is really that you will not just be sitting here gathering dust, but that you'll be employed in the body of Christ and that you'll be an active participant of the body of Christ. Amen. How many of you understand that if there is a part of the body that is dormant or that is paralyzed, it, it affects the rest of the body? And it is really important in this series that you realize, what is my place? What is the place of participation that God has for me? Where is the place where I can add what he has put inside of me to make an impact in the nations? Amen? So look at the person next to you and tell them God's going to use you. That's right. Don't look at me like that. He's going to use you with all your issues. <laughs> Amen. And so this morning, we've got the privilege of, uh, how many of you know we've got a, a church in Okaanya, an every nation church in Okaanya? Yeah. And uh, we've got the privilege this morning of having one of their leaders here, Tian, and his wife was in the previous service, and he's going to minister to us this morning about how we can get even more involved in what God is doing. So just give it up for Tian as he comes in. Uh, stretch, just stretch forth your hand to him as we pray for him. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the grace of God that's operating in our midst, Lord, and we thank you that this morning... Your word is going out, Lord, with power and with might, Lord. We are expectant, Lord God, for transformation in our hearts, Lord God. We say, speak to us this morning. We thank you for Tian. We thank you, Lord, that even as he ministers to us, Lord, that you are refreshing him as well. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Um, are you ready for surgery? <laughs> are you ready for surgery? So everyone's saying here just now, Lord, send me to the ends of the earth, I will go. And some of you even jumped while singing that. <laughs> Are you ready to have surgery to actually follow through with that plan? What would you do if God sends you today? Now, boom. Go to Angola, go to Iceland, even Australia, wherever. New Zealand, they, those guys are good in rugby. God will even send you there. What will you do? What will your response be? Will you push back a little? Or will you have faith and say, God, this is your harvest field. Send me. So let's allow God this morning to infiltrate our hearts and change our hearts. Um, as we were singing, I was thinking, yo, man, sometimes I feel like I deserve something. Is this okay? Yeah. Okay. Am I powered up? Okay. Sometimes I feel like I deserve something. Have you felt like that looking at your paycheck? I deserve this. Did you know there's no room for deservedness in the kingdom of God? Think about the prodigal son and that one that said, I deserve this. He was standing outside in his filthy robes of deservedness, missing out on the feast. So God says, whatever you have, I gave it to you. And let's look at Jesus this morning. So from Okahanya's side, the congregation there, um, a hello to everyone. 
We had a lovely honor last week to have your worship team and even Philip preaching the Word of God there. And that was great. I don't know what happened here, but it could not have been as cool as what we had there. It was, I'll bet on that. It was amazing. And one of the team members said, God loves every nation or Kahanya. And I'm sure many people were crying in the worship because I believe God gave them a hug. I'm not a super spiritual type of guy, but I was crying. I couldn't sing because God was just so present in that moment. So your, you guys, your worship teams are wor- awesome, and I think you can give them a hand. I don't know where, if they are here. <laughs> And like Pastor Chris said, my wife was here in the first service. Um, she's a Namibian. Part of the reason why I can be here legally um, <laughs> is my wife. The other part is God send us here. So when you marry, be smart. Um, get a Mauritian girl or something. Go to Mauritius. I don't know. So I want to start off. You in the series called Enact. But I thought I would start off by encouraging you all this morning. Um, Enact, encourage, and uh, it's a place from where God wants to encourage you as a church this morning. Listen to how um, Barnabas encouraged the church of Antioch in Acts 11. When he came and he had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. I want to encourage you this morning the same way. Continue with the Lord. We have a, a world to disciple. And discipleship starts with you following the Lord. There is a lost world out there that needs Jesus. And we need to win them with Jesus. And we need to win people to Jesus. And we do it through discipleship. And I want to encourage you to protect your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Many things will try and steal time, but you fight for that relationship like it's no one's business. And then I want to encourage you like Barnabas did. He said, continue with purpose of heart. How many of you know that the heart is quite important? I said, are you ready for surgery? We are doing some heart surgery this morning. The Lord Jesus will do the surgery though. Don't trust me. <laughs> with your heart, especially surgery. But he said, continue with purpose. Now, the Greek word for purpose is prosthesis, and that means a deliberate deliberate plan, an intentional design, or an advanced plan. So essentially, he's saying, continue with the Lord, but have this plan, and have this plan, this deliberate plan in your heart engraved on your heart and continue with the Lord. And guys, if you're part of every nation, you know we are all about going. I heard Pastor Rice, I heard Pastor Steve Murrell the other say, he said, two-thirds of God's name is go. That was so good. That, well, okay, you guys heard that before. So, whatever. That was good. I laughed. I enjoyed it, but it's still the truth. We are all about going, praying and giving to the nations. Every nation is all about that. We are all about discipling nations. 
And this advanced plan of ours, the advanced plan from God is what? Discipleship. Easy as that. Engage people to specifically establish them, equip them, and empower them. That's the plan. Easy as that. God, Jesus was never one to clutter things. He was the original, simple, revolutionary. Discipleship. Go out, baptize people, teach them to obey, and help them to do exactly that with other people. That's the plan. That's the mission. That's the action that needs to be taken. And we do discipleship wherever you are. Whether you're in a business, whether you're in a different country like myself, Namibia, we do discipleship. But what helps us discipling people in different nations is generous hearts. Generously praying, giving, and that enables people to go. That's what helps us reach the nations. And I listened to your podcast last week. Margaret, are you here this sermon? No. She's, she's there? What? Traveling. Traveling. Okay, she's... Okay. She, she, she's going. Okay, I was your pastor. Okay, so I'm, I can. She said, if we are not praying, people will go to hell. Yo, that struck me. If we are not praying, people will go to hell. And I want to steal a phrase and say, if we are not giving, we're talking about giving this morning, people will go to hell. If we are not taking part in this mission, people will go to hell. And there's a sense of urgency with this mission. There's a sense of urgency that as a human being, we have chances in life. But as a human being, we can't see when is our last chance. And think about that when you think about your friends that need Jesus. So Jesus said there's a mission. And this mission is about reaching the nations. It's about planting churches, Christ-centered, spiritually empowered and socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. That's the action we need to take. And we do it through discipleship. Did you know that the gospel, the gospel is the only answer to change your behavior? The gospel is the only thing that can change your behavior. The gospel is the only answer. Jesus is the only answer for your home. For your street, for Vintuk, for Okohanya, for Namibia, for Iceland, for Poland, Russia, Lesotho. The gospel is the only answer for the unbeliever and the believer. For the unbeliever unto salvation, but for the believer to be changed all the time by the gospel, by looking at the cross and being changed again. So this sermon series we are busy with in Act is really about a church taking action. It's really about every nation, Dorado, every nation, Okahanya, taking action. It's really about you, like Pastor Chris said, not collecting dust, but taking action. It's about a group of people that got this purpose of heart engraved here, this mission, discipleship, reaching the nations. It's engraved in here. And that flows into action. That sort of directs our behavior. And today we're going to look at how the gospel compels us, how the gospel changes our hearts to become more generous. 
especially in giving finances, resources to the mission. And uh, many of us sometimes when we see when there's an opportunity to give to the mission, we don't just jump of joy and like all happy. Yes, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We don't always feel like that. But here's the thing. Jesus can change that. Jesus can change that. And I'll tell you what, I've seen it happen. I am here today because people with generous hearts are giving financially, monthly, to my family and to the mission. I am here today because people are praying. People prayed this morning. That's why we can be here. That's why people can go because people have generous hearts that gives and go. And they pray all the time. So my family have been on MPD for the far, uh, past five years. Are you familiar with MPD? Ministry Partnership Development. So it's essentially a person that gets a call from God. He doesn't normally have the resources to do it. And he gathers a team of people to support him on a monthly basis. And that enables this person to answer the call of God. And uh, go into the, la- uh, to the harvest field. That is what MPD is. It's a structure we use in every nation. And it's been running since 2005. And monthly, 185 people uh, on MPD, staff members, reaching 13 countries. 13 different countries, people um, reaching MP- through MPD. And monthly uh, amount of 1.6 million is being sowed through MPD into the harvest field. 1.6 million a month. People said, Yo, I, gener- I, I want to give. I believe in this mission. It's on my heart. Let's give. Let's go. And I find it amazing. It's not just campus students. I have a family of two kids and a wife. And my wife is pregnant again. And God is providing for a family through the generous hearts and gifts of different people. So about six years ago, we lived in Pretoria, and we knew God was going to change something in the way we do life. We weren't sure what it was. So we started looking and forcing change. Have anyone done that before? Like you feel it, but then you force it, and then mm, it doesn't normally work out. I even tried or considered farming in the south of Namibia. Now, if you know me, that would have been the funniest joke of the day. (laughs) Farming in the south. I love people. There are no people there. Dunes and cattle. And God stopped us. God stopped us divinely through a dream. I'll never forget this dream. I was doing an adventure race in this dream over those dunes in the south, and my compass, compass, ah, compass, compass, okay. (laughs) That thing showed northwest, and I just knew in the dream, I must not go northwest. That's where Namibia was in relation to Pretoria. So it said, turn back, go down the main road, and in my dream, I got in through a back door of a restaurant, And I got directions there since I was lost, and I knew where to go. 
I woke up a few days later. My friend Alexander, who led me to the Lord, phoned us up. He said, guys, we're going to Fixburg. We're planting a church. We want you guys to join. Direction came in a restaurant. I was like, what? A church? God, no, no, no. God is he's stirring up something for me. But I was thinking along the lines of better, financially better. <laughs> now you want me to go plant a church with you and raise my own pot? What? Mm -mm. My wife was smiling. She knew this was, was, was from the Lord. She had faith. I had fear. <laughs> I was so afraid, man. I've seen my father failed in business decisions. Now I have that same fear. Will this be able, will I be able to provide for my family? What if someone gets sick? What if we have to service the car? And I had to work through all those fears and close many back doors. I came in through the back door, but I also had to shut the back door in my dream. So um, Steve Muddle always says, Pastor Steve, he's an accidental missionary. I feel like I'm a backdoor missionary. <laughs> I just snuck in there at the back and it's clapped it too, and now I'm here. We had to close the back door because otherwise I would have ran, uh, ran away. And many times that's what we have to do. Throw away that safety or that second emergency parachute, close the door. There's one way now. And we answered Jesus' call, and in a period of three months, we raised partners and had enough um, financial partners to move to Fixburg. And on the 9th of December 2013, we had two problems. We didn't have money for the move, uh, removal company to take our things there, and we didn't have a house in Fixburg. So it was rather like urgent, let's get those things in place. And one of our last MPD meetings, the lady said, we want to bless you with 15,000 rand once off. We're like, wow. The removal company said it would cost us 14,900 rand to move to Fixburg. And this lady felt like the Lord said 15,000 rand. I, I want to say I bought my wife flowers, but I can't remember. I hope I did with that 100 bucks. And then in the same week, the landlord of the house in Fixburg dropped the rent into our budget and we had a house. Friends, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. No. So, so here's the question. Why is the back door still open? Why do you have a safety parachute then? Emergence is second, a plan B. If it's God's will, this will happen. Yes, you're going to have to work hard in raising partners. We had a little one or two month old daughter. And I used to work till half past seven at night. And then we took our daughter, I ate in the car, my wife drove, and we went to see partners. Three months straight. You're going to have to work hard, but God will supply. God will bring the money. He will bring the provision to you. The scripture that I wanted to read about the plans of our hearts, Proverbs 16 verse 9, In their hearts humans plan their cause, but the Lord establishes their steps. We should follow the God's steps in our lives, not the obvious, seemingly right steps. Make sure we follow the God's steps. And uh, last year, we answered the call again to take our things and move to Okahanya, where we've been serving the past year. Still on MPD, different country, 
And the MPD really makes it easy for people to just go into the harvest field. We're talking about giving this morning. Many of our financial partners, or many of our partners don't necessarily partner financially. We had a pilot, a dentist, and a holiday homeowner. Some of my favorite partners. So we hardly paid for a plane ticket. He moved to Hong Kong, though. So any pilots out here? And then we had a dentist. We had a dentist. That really helped. And when we had to chill, there was this lady. She had a house in Mabalingwe in the Bushveld in, in South Africa. She said, whenever you guys need to rest, go. They have resources. They, had what, they used what they had, and they just gave. They just gave. So many of you are wondering, this whole MPD thing sounds a bit dodgy. It sounds like Tian is going to ask for money anytime soon now. I'm not going to do that. Relax. Some of you are thinking, is this even biblical? You want to hear the truth? Jesus was on MPD. Jesus was on MPD. Luke 8, I'm serious. Luke 8 verse 1 to 3. I'll just read you the last part. Jesus was going around preaching the good news. And it says here um, about, Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom we had cast out seven demons, Johanna, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Jesus was on MPD. Jesus had a team of people supporting him for his ministry. I find it fascinating. Jesus being 100% God. Imagine, could have done a miracle. Boom. Like a little spaza shop that just... <laughs> booms. Right? And he could have funded his, his, his ministry through that. But Jesus being 100% God chose to be dependent on people. Jesus, being 100% God, said, let's, let's, let's show them how it's done. Let's, let's teach people humbleness. Let's teach people humbleness. Anyone on MPD or any, any one of you that raised funds like this before knows that something like MPD that enables you to go and enables other people to give teaches you humbleness and faith. Humbleness, because you look at a partner over a time period of five years, and you like take out your calculator, and you look at that amount after five years from a single person, and you're like, whoa, I don't deserve this. And you're right, you don't deserve it. But still God provides, because it's His harvest field. We should look at, this, look at our pay slips the same way. Oh, I deserve this. No, you don't deserve this. This is not your security. This is not where your provision comes from. When last did you trust the Lord for provision outside of your salary slip, your pay slip? God wants to grow us in faith, so He teaches us humbleness and faith. Faith, you get taught faith because sometimes a partner drops all of a sudden, and now you have to trust in the Lord for more finances or 
anything apart from your payslip, and he will, keep, he will do it. He will make a way for those who have faith. And I think the biggest benefit of being on MPD is the honor, the privilege of being able to go into, into the harvest field. Friends, that's a, that's a privilege, that's an honor to disciple people into Jesus. Sometimes we see it as something that we must do. But it's an honor to labor for Jesus. And that for me is the biggest privilege because we are called, you are called, to fill the earth with God's glory. That's the calling. We exist to honor God. We exist to glorify Him. And in Habakkuk 2, verse 14, I love this vision verse. It says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And we do, we do this by making disciples so that one day, Revelation 7 verse 9, we can see that. And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That's the vision. That's where we're going. That's the mission everyone needs to take part in. You don't have to go to Botswana. If God sends you, go. You can do it in your workplace. Everyone giving. Everyone going. Everyone praying. Friends, there's a problem though with this with the going theme that we are busy with, with the inact. And this problem we read about in Luke 10 verse 1. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. It's a simple supply and demand problem that we have. Jesus is essentially saying there's 2.4 million people in Namibia. I hope that's right. Roughly about, let's say, 100 laborers. Send more laborers, I'm guessing. Real laborers, discipleship-making machines. Right? There's about 100. Let's guess. I don't know. You know what I like most about this verse? Jesus says, the harvest is? The laborers are? He never said resources are few. Never. Resources, it's not the problem. If you're sitting here today and you need to be in Botswana, you need to go, and you're not doing that because of resources, that's no excuse. Close that back door and watch God move. Why is this our problem? Why is it your problem? Harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. It seems like a problem, but why is it your problem? Why is it my problem? It's our problem, friends, because Jesus, in the same way he chose to be dependent on people financially for his ministry, he chose to be dependent on people to populate heaven. He chose to use you to reach people. There's no other plan. That is the plan. The second reason why it's our problem is that Jesus lives in you. 
And if Jesus lives in you and he has all the authority, you've got some authority in you to go. He's not going to put the authority on some elephant and now the elephant will go. He put it in, it's in him. And he, he is in you. You are now one. That's the plan. And thirdly, we got it all for free. Why is it your problem? Why is it my problem? We got it all for free. Surely, we will give freely what we got from Jesus. This is our problem, friends. And the solution is a generous heart. The solution is a generous heart. God, Jesus, doing some surgery and changing our sometimes stingy hearts into generous hearts. But only Jesus can do that. Everything in the scripture points towards giving. Have you read your Bible? It starts in Genesis. Be a, uh, he blesses you to be a blessing for other nations. And it goes on, goes on. Jesus dying on the cross, giving it everything. It's not just one or two individuals giving. It's everyone. Because the scripture points to giving. Not only giving, but it bumps it up. It shoots it through the roof with this giving thing. Listen to the themes. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 2. You must be an eager giver. Yes, I can give. Where can I give? 2 Corinthians 8 verse 6 to 9. A cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 3. An over and above giver. I'm just making things up here. I don't know, don't know if that makes sense. But in my Afrikaans mind, it made sense. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. And then a give it your all giver. Everything you have. Mark 12, verse 43, 44. Even from a place of shortcoming, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. That's the picture the scripture shows us when it comes to giving. Now think, think about it. Think about the ultimate giver for one second. We looked at the cross this morning, communion. Think about the ultimate giver, Jesus. Think about the way he gave. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9 says, Jesus gave up his riches. He became poor so that you can become rich. Spiritually, righteousness, holy. He gave it all up. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15, Jesus gave his life. Jesus gave the Holy Spirit, John 14. Even God gave us His Son. Everything in the Scripture points towards a giving, generous heart. So what is the answer for our sometimes stingy hearts? The answer is Jesus. The Gospel. That's the only thing that can change your behavior. Can change my behavior. Is Jesus. Luke 10 verse 2 says, Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. When I read this 
verse, I see like a picture of people harvesting away, laboring, a few of them in a massive field, getting tired, but just harvesting, and then one of them stops, looks up at the field and see, wow, how big is this? We'll never get this done. We need more people. But instead of throwing down whatever he was harvesting with, walking away, he looks at Jesus, the owner of the harvest. He looks at him and he asks, he prays. The answer, friends, is, uh, is us, it's you and me, looking to Jesus. And to make it practically, uh, practical today, I want to help you to preach the gospel to yourself. And that's what we're going to do. So, the heart is the only thing, or the heart is the source of your behavior. So, if Jesus comes and changes our hearts, our behavior will change. That shows us, change the heart and the behavior will change. Rules... Rules can bend your heart a little bit, right? It's like, give, give, you must, you must, you must, you must, you must, right? It will jump back. And the gospel and Jesus is the only thing that can open up the mold, open your heart. And the gospel is the only thing that can come with fire, melt your heart, reshape it in a completely new Generous heart, not rules. There's one thing we need to understand about the heart, though. It is that it's not all that receptive to rules, but very receptive to the gospel. Your heart was made to receive Jesus, to receive the gospel. Not a set of rules, only or firstly. What happens if someone tells you, hey, you must do this and this and this? The horse like kicking him. What? I'll ne what? Me do it yourself, man. Especially if there's not a compelling why. Then you should see me perform. Paul encourages the church of Corinth to exceed or excel in giving. And watch how he, do, he, he, he does he do. He does it. 2 Corinthians 8. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I forgive you. Are you preaching next week or Kahanya Afrikaans? I'm joking. I'm really joking. But you're welcome to preach. I'm joking. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7, Paul encourages the church of Corinth to give. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love, we, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you. He says it's not a rule. Because the rule will just not a rule, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, 
yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. So Paul goes, he says, what he doesn't do, he says, hey guys, did you get the email about Christianity and generosity? The memo that you must be generous? He's not saying that. He says, exceed it. Go, go, give. But it's not a rule. But remember Jesus. Look at the cross. Look at Jesus. Look at the ultimate giver. Look how he gave it all up. And let that infiltrate your heart. Let that penetrate the source of your behavior. And change it into more of a generous heart. That's what Paul is telling the church of Corinth. Friends, is this some sort of a, if you think about it, it will happen, positive psychology thing? No. It is you aligning yourself with the truth. It's you keeping your eyes on Jesus. It's you allowing Jesus to change you. The author and the perfecter. Meaning continually being changed. The gospel is the only answer for the believer and the unbeliever. For the believer to become or to change continually. For our stingy hearts sometimes to become more generous. Friends, so the, the, the goal of today was to teach you or to help you preach the gospel to yourself. Look at Jesus. Don't look at your bank balance. Look what you have. Look what Jesus gave you. Look how he did it. Jesus is the one we disciple people into. And let that infiltrate your heart. What are you going to do next time someone, is going to, someone asks you like the MPD question? Will you partner with us? How are you going to approach this? Maybe you are partnering with many people already. Great. Maybe you're not. I'm sure God wants you to take part in sending people to the harvest field. But this is what we all should do. Before you make any decisions, look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. And remember that it's more blessed to give than to receive. If we truly believe that, man, all of us would be more generous. I was just sitting here now in worship and thinking, yo, cool, Tian, you've moved to Fuxburg. Now you've moved to Namibia. Lekker, man. Lekker, you. Lekker. Mooi. <laughs> and then we sang, I'll go to the ends of the earth. And I'm like, I haven't gone enough. Uh, is there such a word? When is enough enough? When is, okay, now I've given enough. No. Over and above. Just keep on growing, guys. Keep on giving. Keep on going. Keep on praying. How do you eat an elephant as we close off? What is this piece by piece thing here in Ventuk? <laughs> elephant eaters. You cannot eat an elephant piece by piece. You'll get cholesterol and you'll get diabetes. I don't know what you're going to get, but you'll... It's not going to be good. Here's the, the other side of the coin. No one tells you about. 
you organize an elephant braai. <laughs> and you invite everyone. Everyone pulls into this mission. And they just have their little piece of elephant. And before you know it, the elephant is finished. Friends, will God say, you guys here, you must not pray. Please don't just pray for the mission, but you guys must pray. Will God say that? Why do we think God will say, you guys, you don't have to give. You guys must give. Why do we sometimes think like that? It's because we value the smallest thing in the kingdom, a bit of money. The smallest thing. We value that more than people. And pe God says, no, 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 no. Everyone, everyone, pull in. We're going to have an elephant braai. Pray, give, go. If you're not going, enable people to go. Friends, I am here today because people gave. Because people give. While Jack is flying Boeing 747s in Hong Kong, he's making disciples in Okahanya. While Harry, my brother-in-law, Louis, and Marne, our friends, while they sit in their offices in Joburg, they are enabling the word to be preached this morning in every nation in Dorado. May that ignite a fire in us, guys, a passion for the lost. If you can't go, enable people to go. The laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful. And I want to end off by encouraging you. I started by encouraging you to continue with the Lord and with purpose of heart. And I want to end off by encouraging you again exactly like Paul did, the church of Corinth. And he basically, basically just told them, exceed in, or excel in giving, but not as a command. Not as a rule, not a, as a I must thing. Excel in it, in a sense, look at Jesus. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. If you do communion again, just keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't look around you, just Jesus. The gospel is the only answer. Jesus is the only answer. So let's pray for this harvest field this morning. Jesus, we want to come this morning as a family and ask that you'll send more laborers. Jesus, in this moment, stir it up in people's hearts to go. To put their faith in you and to respond to the call. No more fear. Jesus, stir it up in the hearts of businessmen, of normal people, of 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 students to give towards this mission and to pray. Lord, forgive us for our sense of deservedness sometimes. Lord, we don't deserve anything. And help us to see that you are the provider. It is your harvest field, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that empowers us to go. And if you sit here this morning and you have fear, fear of giving or fear of going, just look at Jesus this morning. Just look at Jesus. He'll tell you what to do with that fear.
Lord Jesus, just forgive us for our deservedness and give us your heart. Thank you that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith and help us to keep our eyes on you all the time. In the name of Jesus, and everyone says, Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.